My beloved in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Well, having come back from Phoenix, I got to tell you, it was mayhem. I didn't know what was going on in Phoenix. I got off on the plane and I went to pick up my baggage. You know, usually I try to be just so efficient and I buy a bag that goes in the overhead so I can just in and out, just, I'm just you know, I just want to get everything done, just do, 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 do. God says, no, the, because there's too many people, you got to, they took my bag at the gate and so I had to go to baggage claim. So I go down into baggage claim. And it's a zoo like I've never seen before. And I go, oh my gosh. And so I, I'm waiting for my bag, and I grab my bag, and I, at the same time I'm doing my Uber, and I'm trying to find out where, I can't remember where the Uber pickup was, so I grab it, I'm running out the door because he's just a few minutes away, and I get out and open the door where you, the lift and the Ubers are, and it's Chaos. Hundreds and hundreds of people, it might be a little more than hundreds and hundreds, but a lot, and cars lined up trying to get in. And I'm scrambling around, I'm trying to find my car with everyone else, and this other fellow and I were bumping into each other, and I finally asked him, what's going on? He goes, well, the Super Bowl's here this weekend. I'm like, oh my, and you can see the stadium from the airport. So if, anyway, there's other stories, I won't tell you those stories, but that's, that's how my, my day started anyway, just this, this chaos. But it was wonderful to see Bishop Kurt again. You know, he's a priest of our eparchy. Before he became the rector of the seminary, he was my rector for a year. And then the, the Bishop of Passaic now, also apostolic administrator for Toronto, for Parma, and for us. So he came out to visit us and, and had our meetings and everything, so it was wonderful. And then I got to see Father Joseph Stanichar from the monastery along with uh, Father Theodore. And it was great to see them as well. At Barbara Shouts, because Barbara Wilson, I, I used your name last night, sorry. <laughs> At Barbara, so that's why I have to be very careful, Shouts Funeral. At Barbara Shouts Funeral, I began, when I, the homily, with something from Star Trek, the movie. And the only one that really is decent, that's the Wrath of Khan. And in the opening scene of the Wrath of Khan, you're on this bridge, you don't know what's going on, and there's the bridge, and you see this young lady, this captain there, and, and some familiar faces on, on the, the consuls, and they're doing their work, and all of a sudden they're going on this rescue mission into the neutral zone, if you know anything about the Star Trek thing. And so it looks like they got to go in. And it's called the Kobayashi Maru. And they go in there and they to do this rescue. And all of a sudden, Klingons come out from everywhere. And they start firing upon everybody. And all, the, the, the ship gets destroyed. And then you hear the sound fans. And the fans suck all the smoke out. Everyone gets up from playing dead. And on comes that the stage, we find out, was now Admiral Kirk. And this young captain that was trying to learn was very very upset about it. She goes, there is no way to win. And he goes, well, that's because, you know, in, you have to, a no-win scenario is a, something you may very well face. And facing death is just as important as facing life. Facing death 
is just as important as facing life. And those science fiction words are so true. Because how you face death is going to determine how you're going to live your life. If at the end of life there's just annihilation, like a nihilistic attitude would have, or mental ideology, then there's no value to doing anything of any good. Just it's all in it for whatever I can get out of it until my time's up. But if you know after death there is life and there's re yes, you know, you're going to be held accountable. I've been having trouble this weekend because, anyway, held accountable. Then you're going to live differently. How you face death is just as important as how you face life. There are two ways. There are only two ways. I don't care how much you know or how much you don't know. I don't care how rich you are or how poor you are. I don't care where you've been in your life or if you've been nowhere in your life in your travels. There's only two ways. There's only two ways. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who follows not the counsel of the wicked, nor lingers in the way of sinners, nor sits in the company of scoffers. Blessed is the man, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who ponders his law day and night. He is like a tree that is planted beside the flowing waters, that yields its fruit in due season, and whose leaves shall never fade, and all that he does shall prosper. Not so are the wicked, not so. For they, like winnowed chaff, shall be driven away by the wind. When the wicked are judged, they shall not stand, nor find room among those who are just. For the Lord guards the way of the just, but the way of the wicked leads to doom. The Lord guards the way of the just, but the way of the wicked leads to doom. There are only two paths. The path to God that He's called us to, or the path to our own destruction. We hear this throughout the whole course of corpus of Scripture. There's always these two ten this tension between these two. We see it constantly, especially when Moses takes the Israelites out and they say, "Yes, we will follow God's law." Then. They're blessed, but soon as they start trying to follow the other gods because they want to be like the others, mayhem comes. Destruction. And then their punishment, which they bring upon themselves. Blessed is a man who meditates on the law of the Lord. Not so the wicked, not so. And this has gone all the way through, and Jesus just takes up this theme and continues it. This theme that David sang before the ark when it was in Jerusalem, before the temple was built. There's only two paths, he says. When the, heavenly, when the judge comes with the holy angels, he's going to separate man like sheep from goats. One's going to be on his right and one's going to be on his left. 
There are only two paths, he says. And what is the criteria for which path we are on? Well, we heard in the psalm, it's one path. The one with the sheep is meditating on God's law. In other words, in the meditation on God, we stay aligned with Him. But on the meditation of ourselves, we fall in destruction. But He gives us the framework by which we are to live our lives. And for some reason, this is the one we don't seem to get around of. We can do things all on our own, but when I have to interact with somebody... Now it's difficult because he speaks about taking care of your neighbor. Whether you know them or not is immaterial. Because what you do to one of the least ones, you do to him. Of course, the foundation of all this is love. Now, we have a lot of homeless people around here. This can cause us great tension and anxiety. How do I help them? Well, God gives each of us a means to help them, and each on our own. But there are other ways as well. An example for me, what happened to me when I was in my undergraduate. Whenever I get really sick, I get strep throat, especially when I was younger. And it was, it's debilitating. And one year, my, in my sophomore year, we were in our apartment, and that happened to me. And I had three roommates, actually four, for a while. But when I was really sick, nobody came to help me but one of them. And he stayed home from work to take care of me. He made sure I had some soup to eat, water, whatever it was. For a day and a half, he took care of me. That's simple. Just something that we know we can already act in this capacity that Jesus is calling us to. The others weren't concerned about me. They had their classes and all these things. But for some reason, this one person had an interior draw that he had to help me and was willing to miss work because he also worked with classes. There are only two ways, Jesus tells us, and we will be judged on which path we go. It's not how much you know or how little you know. It's not how much money you have or how little money you have. It's not how many places you've traversed around the country and the globe or how little you have. What matters is, are you meditating on the law of the Lord and are blessed or are you abandoning that like the wicked and not producing the fruit? This is Judgment Sunday. This is the Sunday that the fathers have given us to reflect on death. That's why yesterday was the first All Souls Saturday. Yesterday, thanks be to God, we had a nice gathering here. And we that gathered prayed for our families and our friends. And I got to mention my mother and my father by name and my grandmother and my grandfather. So when I came to pray for the deceased of myself and those that came, I mentioned them by name as best I could. But in that way, 
I touched them, just as everyone else did. They took the time to come, and they were touched. But we have this to remind us that, yeah, you can go on and go to your Super Bowls and pay your $12,000 a ticket or whatever it is, but there's going to be a come a time where you're going to be called on the carpet. Where are our priorities? Not that there's anything wrong with the Super Bowl. Now, if I was in Pittsburgh, I'd have been shot on the spot right now. But we have to remember, okay, yes, I'm going, there's an end point to my life at some point, and I'm going to be called out on it and have to give an account. And so we had yesterday to remind us, not only to pray for those that have gone before us, but to remind ourselves that we too need people to pray for us, that I too am going to need those prayers, because no one dies perfect. We all have some capacity or some sinfulness within us that hasn't been completely cleansed before we stand before Christ. So, there are only two paths. Blessed is the man who follows not the counsel of the wicked, nor lingers in the way of sinners, nor sits in the company of scorners, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who ponders his law day and night. He is like a tree that is planted beside the flowing waters that yields its fruit in due season, and whose leaves shall never fade. And all that he does shall prosper. Not so the wicked, not so. For they, like the winnowed chaff, shall be driven away by the wind. When the wicked are judged, they shall not stand or find room among those who are just. For the Lord guards the way of the just, but the way of the wicked lead to doom. How you face death, my brethren, is just as important as how you face life.